0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. It's great, isn't it, that there's so many children and young people, but that comes with pressures of its own, so uh, obviously please make use of the creche if you've got little ones, and that isn't manned, that is something that you need to said man but it's great that um, we can have so much young life in our in our church it's real blessing excellent so we've been looking at a series uh, called one hit wonders now I need to clarify straight away that I think there might be a little bit of a misconception anyone called a one hit wonder wasn't actually a complete one hit wonder even Chesney Hawkes made other songs you might not know them but he still did other things, okay? So anyone we talk about, the reason they're a one-hit wonder is that there's one moment that they had an impact that is mentioned in the Bible. They had impacts all over the place, I'm sure, but there's one moment that has impacted the world. Last week, we thought about Ananias, clearly a godly and great man who probably influenced lots of people, but it just so happens he's in the Bible because he influenced one man who is one of the most influential people in human history. So that's why he's a one-hit wonder. Not that he's actually never done anything else, but that we're only aware of that one moment that stands out. But what about maybe the people who aren't that good? Maybe today you're thinking, well, you know, I'm not even a one-hit wonder. Maybe you're thinking, I wonder what I am. (laughs) Maybe you're thinking, there's nothing I've done ever that's impacted anybody. There's nothing that I'm good at. Maybe we often have those voices that go through our heads that say, I'm not that good. We started the service today and my keyboard wasn't working and I was thinking, oh great, what's happened? It just so happened that the cable that makes the sound had come disconnected. So it wasn't been my fault. It was, who, who knows? But the thing I was thinking all the time was, we need to stay connected. <laughs> if we're not connected, we're have no good. And what are we supposed to be connected to? The Bible says we're supposed to be connected to God. That's what we were designed and made for. What about people though who aren't that godly? What about the people who aren't like Ananias or like Ruth who make unreasonable decisions? What about those people who perhaps have got shame in their life? What about people with a past that would, most people would find difficult to deal with? Can they be any type of wonder? If they've got a past, even just making a little difference? Do you know, as a church, we have been blessed with some incredible godly men and women over the years to get us to where we are now and moving forward. Some have stayed and made huge differences in our town. Some have stayed for a short while and made a difference in other places. But as a church, and I want you to hear this right, and it might be this morning that you're one of those people, okay? But as a church... I think we've been blessed with a lot of people who the Pharisees would have turned their noses up at. I think as a church we've been blessed with people who many religious people would have had an issue with. And many people wouldn't know the person. I don't think you'd have known the person today who might have sat next year who's been trapped in addiction. I don't think you'd know the person who's been in our church who's had a past of prostitution. I don't think you know the person because you know what? God doesn't see us with those labels. God this morning doesn't think of you as less than. And it's got to start out like that because when we think of a one-hit wonder, even those one-hit wonders have been amazing people, maybe really godly. And yet today, sometimes we sit there and go, well, I can't measure up to that. I can't get there. And actually, maybe there are people in our church who have had to make life or death decisions that other people would frown at if that's you this morning God doesn't frown on you if any of those things relate to you if your past is a difficult past if there's things that you would rather people didn't know about if there are skeletons in the cupboard that you think I hope they never come out do you know what God knows them anyway and he still loves you because while we were still sinners Christ died And actually, God loves you. doesn't matter what you're past. And so today, we're going to look very quickly at quite a well-known one-hit wonder who really wasn't a typical hero, who really wasn't somebody who you would call godly, who was somebody that other people would have turned their nose upon, probably crossed the side of the street to get away from. I uh, grew up reading a book. Anyone ever read the book, The Book of Heroic Failures? Okay? I used to love the Book of Heroic Failures. It was full of stories of people who were incompetent. And it made me feel like, oh, I could perhaps fit in there. Maybe that is a heroic thing I can do. I can fail heroically. Get, let me give you two very quick stories that were in the Book of Heroic Failures. Maybe one was this. In the winter of 1992, a suspicious package was found outside a territorial army centre in Bristol. The TA the territorial army, called the police, who called an army disposal unit, which blew up the package. The package was later found to contain leaflets explaining how to correctly identify suspicious-looking packages (laughs) to inform and educate the territorial army. How daft must the person who made that phone call feel? Well, that's brilliant, isn't it? Because you know what? We're all a bit like that. Every single one of us has got moments of incompetence in us. But God says, I love you. doesn't matter. Let me tell you one more quickly, because I love these stories. The ones that are the best, if you ever read the book, are the ones involving the criminal fraternity, okay? I don't know why, they're just brilliant. Escaping from Kirkham Open Prison in September 1994, a car thief made straight for the M6 and started hitching a lift. When a vehicle stopped, he decided to confide in the motorist. He said, I hope you don't mind, but I'm an escaped prisoner, he said. And the driver said, Not if you don't mind that I'm a of prison officer. <laughs> who immediately notified the police. <laughs> what are the chances? What a heroic failure. What a nightmare. A one hit failure. Maybe that's how we feel. A one hit failure. The only thing we'll ever be known for is something rubbish, something bad, something negative, something that the only impact it's made is make people laugh at a story. God doesn't see you like that. Let's read. We're going to look at a passage of scripture in Joshua chapter two. I'm going to read it in little chunks, and we're going to li- quickly look at all the bits of it that go together. If you don't have a Bible, the words will be on the screen. But it's Joshua chapter two. The Israelites are being at the point where they're about to enter the promised land that they've been promised for so long. They're about to go in, and Joshua needs a little bit of. Stru- 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 I'm very tired. Okay. <laughs> If my head goes over there, that's why. Joshua needs a little bit of strategic planning. And so it starts like this. Joshua chapter two, verse one. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Just gonna stop there couple of things for background. Joshua secretly sent. He did this in secret. He didn't inform the whole of Israel. He didn't tell the other leaders. Why is it? This is the man who's been told to be strong and courageous and be not afraid. And yet he does this thing secretly. He does this thing hidden. Why? Actually, it's the wisdom of learning from past mistakes. Because you might remember Moses sent 12 spies to check out the land, and two of them came back with a really good report. The other 10 were like, no, it's scary, we can't go there. And so the Israelites were in panic and confusion because they listened to the 10 who said, no, we can't do that, we can't do that, we shouldn't do that. And Caleb and Joshua were two spies. So Joshua himself was aware of the problems of a bad strategy report. And so he secretly sent two spies to suss things out. He repeats the action, but he wants a better result. So it's not fear, it's not deceit, it's wise, it's protective. And it's the people who saw God's hand in the promised land. And so he chose two trusted men. But Joshua is not a one-hit wonder. He's an amazing godly man who actually many of us could aspire to be like. But he's not the subject today. These spies, what did they do? They entered the house of a prostitute called Rahab. A paper published recently by a researcher for the Samuel Center says this about prostitutes, and this was in 2018. Stigmatization of sex work permeates all facets of society. In other words, stigma is in every part of society about these people. Being understood as a mark of disgrace, a social discrediting, and this is the bit I want us to hear, or a spoiled identity you know, God identifies you as loved. He identifies you as cherished. We've said it before. The devil knows your sin and he knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but calls you by your name. He loves you. He loves you no matter what your past. Prostitution brings a spoiled identity. In the Bible times, the view would possibly be even worse How could God be even remotely interested in somebody like that? How could God be involved or use somebody who is a prostitute? Wow. That's because we have a God who loves and a God who can change and transform. Let's carry on. Can you imagine the whispers about the two spies that stayed there? As they go in to stay where they believe God's called them to go, they're staying in the house of a prostitute. So not only have we got the prostitute, we've got the gossip and the rumours of the two spies that go and stay with it. Imagine. Joshua 2 verses 2 to 7 goes on to say this. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman, that's Rahab, had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. Lie number one. So she's not just a prostitute. She did not know where they'd come from. Yes, she did because they told her. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. Lie number two. I don't know which way they went. Lie number three. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them, line number four, because they haven't gone anywhere. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. So our hero today, our one hit wonder today, is a woman, first of all, which in this culture was seen as unreliable and not good. Secondly, she was a Canaanite, so she is the enemy of God's people. She is against God's people in theory. And thirdly, she's a prostitute, seen as disreputable, seen as unreliable. But do you know what she did have? She had faith. She had faith. We'll come to that in a moment. She trusted the God of the spies. She took them in, not knowing that they would be safe to her, not knowing they would be protective of her. They could have killed her. They could have done anything because they were the enemy. But she trusted them. She trusted them. It appears she worsens her reputation by lying. You know, anyone here leave a light on to deter thieves when they go away? Hands up? Anyone? Okay, anyone leave the television on when they go out for their dog? No, no. Anyone leave the television on to deter thieves? Anyone have timers set to get... Them? Anyone? Nobody. I don't believe you. <laughs> right. Okay, Jeff, you do. Thank you. Why do you do that? Do you, do it? you do it for protective measures, don't you? You're a liar. <laughs> There's no one in that house. Why have you turned your light on? Anyone got to beware of the dog sign that hasn't got a dog? Hmm? No, this chihuahua may live here. Who knows? Let me ask you a question. Is it lying or is it protecting something or somebody? Okay, the Bible actually in the Ten Commandments says don't bear false witness against anybody. It says don't tell lies to get somebody into trouble because that's a lie. But actually people struggle with this element of this story but it's important to know that truth in these times was completely about honouring God's will. If it honoured God, it was true. And actually, by protecting God's people, they were honouring God. Because otherwise, they were in grave danger. Let me give you an example. Rahab honours God in the same way Corrie ten Boom did. Corrie ten Boom hid Jews in Heratic during the war so that they wouldn't be killed and taken off to concentration camps. Is that good? Yeah, because it's protecting life. It's a good thing. Just like Jeff leaving his lights on his good, but now if you go to Jeff's house, you know he's not in, you can break in. It's fine. (laughs) I'm tired, I need to not say that. Okay, Brother Andrew went across the Iron Curtain countries taking Bibles where it was illegal, and people stopped him and said, have you got anything you shouldn't have in your car? And he said, no. Is that okay? Why? Because it's honoring God. It's honouring God and the people who desperately want God's word. The spies believe her. Not the spies from Josh, Joshua, sorry. The king's men believe Rahab. I think it's a little bit of a Star Wars moment. These are not the spies you're looking for. And they go on their way somewhere else. Let's carry on with the story. Joshua 2, verses 8 to 11. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, listen to what Rahab, the prostitute, the woman of disrepute, the one who is the enemy, listen to what she says to God's chosen men. I know that the Lord has given you this land. I know that God has. This woman, who is unreliable, who maybe is not the person you or I would choose, says, I know that God has. How do we feel about God today? The Lord, Yahweh, I know the Lord has given you this land and that great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. Why? For the Lord your God is God in heaven above, on the earth below. Wow. Should I say that a bit again? Let's remember who's saying it this woman. The enemy, the prostitute, who's lied, says this. The Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. It reminds me of that verse in Romans 10 verse 9 where Paul says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not if you go to church on a Sunday, you will be saved. If you live a good life, you will be saved. No, if you declare with your mouth, what does Rahab do? I know that God is the God above and below. Wow. She declares with her mouth. She recognises who God is and all he's done. Do you know, that's more than some of God's people do. That's more than many religious people do. There are some people who sometimes look and seem more like Jesus followers than actual Jesus followers. There's a challenge for us today. We need to look more like Rahab, who says, I know that God is God above and God below. Joshua goes on in this. Joshua 2, 12, 14. This is Rahab speaking. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Give us a promise that you will save us from death. That's the request. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. Do you know? Rahab is willing to risk everything for a God she hardly knows. And yet many of us, if I said to you today, who believes that they are chosen? Who believes that they are loved by God? Who believes that Jesus is their saviour? Who believes that Jesus is their Lord? And I said to you, thanks, Faith. One person, that's good. That means we'll have to pray for conversions across the whole church. What I would say to you is this. If a person who hardly knows God is willing to risk everything for a God she hardly knows, what are we willing to give? That's why she's a one-hit wonder, because this is all we know her for, being a prostitute, but being willing. Who here could say, I can be willing? All of us. But are we willing for God? Are we willing to do what he's asking us to do? Rahab hasn't had personal experience of all these miracles. She just heard about them. She's just heard what God has done. She's aware of God through other people. And actually, she asks for a promise, swear by the Lord that I'll be saved. Do you know, the Bible promises that if we choose Jesus, if we say, I'm sorry for that past I've lived, then Jesus will come and and live in us. No matter what our past, and as we go through life, he will be with us, and he will save that's what Rahab's asking for from God's people. She asks for a promise. And the most high and trustworthy promise she can make is to swear by the name of the Lord. Yeah? Can you see all these little things? This woman isn't supposed to be a wonder. She's more of a heroic failure. But in God's kingdom, there's no failure. It doesn't matter what your past, doesn't matter how you feel today, it doesn't matter if you think you've got it totally wrong. God still loves you. And God still wants to, to fight for you. And He saves you through Jesus. The end of this story dealing with Rehab. Rehab? Rahab. Sorry, I'm tired. <laughs> Forgive me today. Joshua 2, verses 15 to 24 says this So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. These are the walls that are going to fall down. That God is going to move, they're going to fall down. Rahab's house was in the walls. She was part of him. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days. There's an interesting thought. Until they return and then go on your way. Now the men had said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house, if any of them go outside your house into the street, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood as for those who are, no, I've got that sorry. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on them. But if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. Have you heard that before? Let it be as you say. Mary, another woman chosen by God who should have felt a life of shame for getting pregnant outside of marriage in that culture. When the angel said, you're going to have a child, she said, may it be as you've said. Rahab's response, the same. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. They went down out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Good report. And who was a part of that report? Rahab, the woman, the prostitute, the liar, the one who was an enemy, but she had faith. God sees and chooses Rahab. The last bit features more symbols of what's going to happen and what's already been. You know, symbols are important, aren't they? And I don't mean Aaron's drums, okay? In a moment, we're gonna take bread and we're gonna take juice. Why do we do that? It's symbols. It's symbols of Jesus, his body broken and his blood shed for us. Why? So that we might be saved. The Israelites had the Passover feast. They had the Passover because when they left Egypt, the blood was put on the doorpost to save them from death. And so they would remember the lamb and the blood and they would remember that salvation. It's a symbol. We have a cross today in the building, thanks to Russell and Mel, which is lovely. But you know, it's empty. There's nobody on it. Because it's a symbol, because Christ isn't still on that cross. He died, he was buried, he rose again, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The cross is empty, which is a single, signal of victory. It's a symbol of success. There's a scarlet rope that's placed in a window in Jericho. And what does the scarlet rope bring? It brings salvation to her and her family. The red rope brings salvation. Joshua 6 Verse 23 is the next time we hear Rahab mentioned. The Israelites have stormed Jericho. The walls have fallen down, but remember Rahab's house is in the walls. Joshua 6:23. So the young man who'd done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. They put them in a spacious place, a place of freedom, a place of salvation, a place of love. Rahab is saved and her family is saved. Why? Because of the symbol of a red cord in the window. We're saved today, not by the symbol. We're saved today by a saviour that is Jesus who died and rose again. The New Testament says the blood of Jesus is over our lives. Do you know the other place where there's a scarlet cord in the Bible? I'm gonna to come to an end now, don't worry. The other place where there's a scarlet cord? In Genesis. Genesis chapter 38, Tamar is said to have tied a scarlet cord around the wrist of one of her twin sons, Zerah. And you know what? Something else links Tamar and Rahab. If we go to Matthew chapter 1, We hear the genealogy of Jesus, the people who were born and born and born until we get to Jesus. Both Zerah with the scarlet cord and um, Rahab with the scarlet cord and Tamar with the scarlet cord, they're all in the birth line of Jesus. They're all in the birth line of Jesus. It's an echo forward. Even though there are two of the four foreign women listed, both Tamar and Rahab were prostitutes. And we're in possession of a scarlet cord that served to save people. So today, as I finish, our one-hit wonder is a woman. Shock, horror, great. The Bible isn't sexist. Contrary to what some people believe. The one-hit wonder is a prostitute. She's an enemy, yet she's a one-hit wonder because she knew God. She had faith in God. She trusts God and she declares her trust and acts on her trust and is saved. It's not that. The last time she's mentioned. Interestingly, the name of Rahab has a meaning. We've had the dedication this morning. We've had. Does anyone know the meaning of the name Rahab? And this is the last thing I'm going to say so the band can start to come up. The name Rahab means spacious place. Where was she taken to? A spacious place. Psalm 18. Verses 17 to 19 say this. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who was too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. And what does Jesus do? He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Do you know, I'm finishing by saying God delights in you. It doesn't matter what your past, it doesn't matter what shame perhaps fills your head, what issues perhaps flood your heart. I believe that Jesus is a saviour. I believe that today if you're feeling trapped, if you're feeling surrounded, if you're feeling caught up, if you just don't know which way to turn, I believe that God, through Jesus, can bring you, like Rahab, into a spacious place a place that is open and free, a place that is filled with salvation, not because of a red cord, but because of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are love. And we pray this morning as we worship you some more, as we look to these symbols of of life, we pray that you will show us more that you will show us that we do not need to feel shame. Rahab was a woman who people would turn their noses up, but God, you never turn your nose up at anybody. So Father, in this place this morning, I pray you will lift up the heads of those who feel shameful. I pray you'll lift up their hearts, and I pray you'll lift up their lives, and I pray, Lord, this morning they will know that they can come to you in prayer, and that you will move them into a spacious place. In the name of Jesus, Amen. As we worship, as we take communion, the prayer team will be at the back. If you have been touched by anything that's been said or if actually today you think, I just need prayer, I need that salvation. I need that spacious place this morning. Maybe you feel like Rahab this morning. Maybe you have done something that you think is so terrible. God says, come to me. Give it me. I love you and I will welcome you with open arms. Go and receive prayer this morning. I'm going to hand over to Donna and we'll come towards the end of our service. But go for prayer.